You are listening to FPEA Connects, a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to FPEA Connects. Today's host is Suzanne Nunn. Suzanne is an active homeschool mom serving homeschool families in both her local community and across the state. She also serves as chairman of FPEA, Florida's statewide homeschooling association. FPEA serves thousands of homeschool families in Florida, delivering a wealth of support, guidance, and information to both new and longtime home educators. Please join us as we seek to encourage you in your homeschool journey and help you stay connected to all things homeschooling in the Sunshine State. Welcome to episode number 34 of FPEA Connects. I'm Suzanne, and I'm glad you're with us today. I'm excited because we've got a special guest and a special topic, and I know you'll enjoy both. So let me introduce you to my friend, Hannah Cardigainer. Hannah is from Central Florida. She's a homeschool mom and one of FPA's regional representatives. But Hannah, would you tell us a little bit more about some of your interests and passions? Sure. I've been homeschooling for 13 years. Um, I run an online community called Creative Homeschool Journal, and I love nature study, art, and books, and they fuel uh, my love of learning and teaching. That's fantastic. So I know you well enough to know you have um, many diverse interests and um, usually a pretty creative way of of getting it, uh, tapping into those interests. And I've asked Hannah to join me today so we could talk about uh, specifically planning your homeschool. Um, both she and I have what I would call like an alternative plan for our homeschool year uh, compared to what we would think of as maybe a traditional plan. Um, some would call us eclectic, right? Yes. And that's a good word in a way. I think sometimes people think eclectic and they also think scattered or something. That word seems to bring on some other connotation. Uh, but we wouldn't want to imply in any way that there's a lack of planning or indecision. Um, I would almost call us extreme planners. Yes. And very intentional about how we plan. But, um, you know, we would be known uh, and be guilty of utilizing many available options uh, to us and uh, using many different methods, incorporating a lot of stuff, right? Absolutely. So, um, as we're talking about, you know, how that looks for us, um, just kind of starting with the big picture and planning your homeschool year. Um, let's talk about what that big picture looks like. For me, um, I think that the first thing that I always have, the place I have to step back to is um, evaluating what our goals are for the year, right? So do you look at your goals? Is that kind of how you get started? Yes. It took us a few years to come up with our absolute goals, but we have three and we have followed them for a great long time now. Uh, the first one is to grow in character. The second one is to foster a love of reading. And the third is to view learning as an adventure. Right. So those are great, um, what I call like our overarching goals or even life goals, right? Those are, those are goals, goals that are good for you and me. Yes. So, um, so those are definitely goals that you're working then under that framework. You're always going back to, um, but part of that big picture, we have to break it down to, to make it workable. 
Um, part of that's going to be us looking at the academic goals specific to that year. Um, we're looking at the character goals for our children. Maybe we've picked up on one particular character trait they might need some extra work on this year. You know, like that's what we're going to focus on. Or, um, well, and that's why I think it's important to try and, and have those goals because the goal of growing in character, if you really focus on that idea, it leads you to what character issues your exactly. children are struggling with. Exactly. And that doesn't get left out of your plan because, you know, you're thinking only academics. Yes. Um, so, but part of it is um, our academic goals. And so we're always looking at that big picture. You know, at the beginning of the year, when we start planning, we're thinking, uh, what subjects do we want to talk about or learn about? What are my kids really passionate about right now that I can embrace and help them dig a little bit deeper, you know? Um, well, so, and I, I also think what they're struggling with is a good thing to cover. Um, because it's a fresh start. You're mm -hmm. not overwhelmed when you're first starting uh, traditionally for a new school year. And so it's a good time to focus a little bit on what they're struggling with right. before things start running and getting busy and, um, you know, piling up. Right, exactly. That's a good point. Um, so we've got the goals, but then we also, I think one of our things when I'm doing this big picture for the year is scheduling around my, our life. Yes. Um, you know, one of the reasons that we have this alternative kind of schedule is because we, we have certain times of the year where we travel a good bit. Um, so, and we do a lot of volunteer work. So both of those things, um, play into our schedule in a huge way. So that's why we kind of have this alternative plan. So we schedule around our life, but with our academic goals in mind, right? And then um, I always say we have to allow for uh, flexibility without failures. So, you know, even though we have that goal and we have that plan for the year, um, we've learned that there are going to things happen in life sometimes that may change what our plan looks like. Um, but it doesn't equate to failure, you know, so yes. once, many times people will get the mindset that once this is written down, once you've got lesson plans, once you've got it all written out, if you don't finish it and get it all done, you failed. So we don't want to, um, have those feelings, uh, at the end of the day. So do you have an example of like quick, what, what kind of ways we're talking about being flexible here? Yes. For one thing, I'm, um. I'm an all of everything kind of person. So I always have too much mm -hmm. that I'm hoping we get to. And I have had to come to the point where I know we won't cover it all. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, and as far as scheduling around life, you know, life happens. So we can make the very best laid plans and that just may not be how it works out. So um, I have struggled with, with pregnancy issues over the years, mm -hmm. especially when I was younger. And uh, um, in particular, I was on bed rest several times. And I remember just thinking our entire school year would be down the tubes. Right. But what I realized is my son really wasn't behind. And he really found that he has a heart for serving. And he right. used to make me lunch every day, and he's never lost that in his character, that mm -hmm. service. 
that he picked up during those times. So maybe we were doing less math and language arts and things like that, or none at certain points, but my son found his heart. Right. And his love for serving others. And that is, I think that that's a crucial point because, um, you know, we've had those years, one in particular, um, my sister was diagnosed with cancer and we were traveling a lot all of a sudden, unexpectedly. Uh, wasn't part of our plan for the year, you know, at all. And our science shifted from what we had on the books already to my son now having developed an interest in, you know, mom, why do people get tumors? Where do tumors come from? What, what causes them? And so he began studying a little bit about that and wrote a paper about the things he had learned, not to mention learning that caring for family and, and being there to take care of people is an important priority. So those those things, is what, those are what I look at when I'm thinking there has to be flexibility and it can't be perceived as failure because you're getting something that you're learning from that that your kids are gleaning important you know, stuff from. Um, and those family connections are really important and a great benefit of homeschooling. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, so moving on, talking about kind of like what the big picture looks like, we we mentioned, you know, you're going to have to choose what subjects you're interested in covering because we have those academic goals to achieve. When you choose your subjects, then you have to plan a curriculum of some kind. For some people, that is as simple as choosing a curriculum that comes laid out for you. Some people call it, you know, just a boxed curriculum or whatever. And you get that and you follow that plan and you're good with it. For other people like us, I think that we would um, mix up a lot of things in our in our planning. Yes. So, so let's talk about that a little bit. What does that look like for you when you start putting together your curriculum for your year once you've chosen your subject? So, well, we usually start our day off with um, some kind of Bible we move on to some more traditional subjects, but we generally also focus on unit studies. Mm -hmm. Cooking is a big one at my house. So we have traditional subjects and non-traditional subjects that we cover. Okay. So, and then when you choose those, you know, for instance, I can remember um, one year, a few years ago, my son was going to go to a class that was just for his age, and it was going to be about oceanography. And so we wanted to go to that class. So we wanted to utilize that method for it. But at the same time, I had my younger daughter, and we wanted her to be in part, but she couldn't be in this class. So we did some unit studies together. My son still got those, too. We pieced together some of that curriculum. It wasn't just the, the textbook that we had, but it involved unit studies. It involved experiments and involved field trips you know it involved our own exploration of that marine world that was around us so yes. we incorporated a lot of different things to make that subject work not just for one of my kids but for both you know so well and we also really like notebooking mm -hmm. um, and we try to make binders of notebook pages that we collect from all different sources for our unit studies that we study. 
And sometimes our unit studies are more um, based on our schedule. Other times they're just based on topics we need, we want to fit in. Right. And sometimes they're based on things my kids are very interested in. Right. So, and that can be, I think from year to year, that can be driven to do something different. And I have included, you know, unit studies where there was an interest on top of just our you know, my son had to do American history for his year, his freshman year. He was doing American history, but also wanted to pick up some government because of what was going on in our, you know, world around us. It was very interested in uh, picking up some constitutional stuff. So there was a separate unit study that he was able to go off and do. And we took some time off from that, you know, plan that we had, the lesson plans that we had for American history to go to this you know, constitutional uh, learning education he was so interested in. So I think that that's why it becomes important to kind of map out your year and take into consideration your interests, what's going on around you, the curriculums you need to use, the, you know, ones that you need to create, right, whatever it is that you're doing, and map it out. So when you're looking at how you map it out, do you use a lesson plan book? Do you use a chart on the wall? How do you do this? I do use a lesson planner. And the reason I do that is really for myself, because mm -hmm. I need to be able to see that we are indeed accomplishing things. You know, when, when stress hits me, I often go to the idea that we're not doing enough, mm -hmm. because we don't have a traditional track that we use generally. And so... I do sometimes struggle with that because we haven't fit everything in and right. it freaks me out. So <laughs> I, um, I go ahead and look at the book and see all the check marks and everything that we have done. And that's one of the main reasons, but it also is very helpful just to know what you're going to do. As my kids get older, it's good for them to be able to look in the book right. and see where we're at. Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes they'll want to get a little bit ahead or we can fit in a trip or something like that. So right. it's very helpful in that way. I know uh, for me, I use a lesson plan, but I use it, you know, for a couple of reasons. It's a good guide. I mean, for me to keep going back to you and as you say, for the kids, when, once they're old enough, you can send them to that and say, this is what we're doing this week. You know, kind of give them the big picture too. But for me, I love to be able to highlight you know when we finish something or get something done I highlight it and I'm very visual so I like my pretty colors but <laughs> we'll <laughs> highlight it and it's done and it's like you said you're accomplishing your goals yeah and it's a way of seeing that you know visually but the and that's daily important. goal the daily goal is small yeah exactly and, and it's doable and um, you just have to think of it like drops in a bucket you know every little goal adds up to the sum yeah. And your lesson planner helps you keep on track with that idea exactly. as you're living a busy life with, you know, different kids and different schedules and needs. Right. And um, I, I would also say my lesson plans will reflect other things that are going on in life, like um, holidays, important, you know, life events and, and traditions that our family may be involved in. I know. Uh, we had a coming-of-age party for my son, uh, Barshanone, and um, we we learned a lot about what that meant and what that was important for. We've had studies about wedding traditions and, you know, all kinds of things because when we had the time 
to be involved in that on a personal level, it gave us an opportunity to really look at where did some of these traditions come from? Why are they important? You know, and it gives them a sense of legacy and it gives them a sense of their heritage and other important things that you want them to to have, you know. Absolutely. And when you're homeschooling, you really have the time to make those kinds of life events um, intentional and marked and and remember them and learn about them. Right. My son had a bar mitzvah a few years ago, and it was a wonderful um, way for us to learn more and just mark the years as, as our son is, is growing and maturing. And we have fantastic memories, some of which we have right in our uh, unit study and notebooking uh, journals and things like that because right. it's part of the depth of learning. It is, yeah. And I think that, um, you know, both of us, I know you and I both are guilty of taking the month of December to focus on, you know, just the holidays, right? Yes. I think you yes. call it Christmas school, right? We call it Christmas schooling in our house. Right. And it's fascinating to me because the person who drives it is my uh, teenage son. Mm -hmm. He's grown so accustomed to it. That, I mean, as soon as Thanksgiving is over, he's like, it's time, you know, <laughs> time to decorate. It's Christmas schooling. And now that oh, he's gosh. older, he does have more commitments that he has to keep up with classes that he's taking, you know, right. that he's he's got to be accountable to other homeschool environments. But even still, I mean, he is the first one in the kitchen breaking out the recipes and mm -hmm. baking. I, You know, last year I... I was a little bit sad. I don't think I even got to bake one dozen cookies. <laughs> he had baked like, I don't know, 20 or 30 dozen cookies. I still have some in my freezer. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> he enjoyed it. Yes. But the holidays are great. Uh, you know, we do a lot of um, traditional things. 12 days of Christmas. We do Advent. So we, you know, we really enjoy and just embrace that time of year. But um, as we're planning around our life events and things that are going on, you know, one of the things that we have to really consider is um, the things that my kids are involved in. So my son has been, it seems like my daughter might be trending towards this now, but he's always been very involved in drama. And we have to know that schedule for that production and how that's going to work. And believe me, if there's been ways that we could incorporate it into our learning, you know, whether it was the literature based on the book that we were looking at, yes. or whatever, um, we do, we incorporate it. But, you know, with those kinds of things, you know, in advance, you know what it's going to be, you know when it's coming. And, yes. And it gives you the opportunity to incorporate that. And, I mean, once I look at how I've documented all of the learning that happens when he's in a production, the vast amount of knowledge that he gains from that, the life skills, you know, it's just, it's amazing. But that's one of the things that um, we really have an opportunity to work with when we're homeschooling our kids. We can yes. look at how they're learning and we can formulate that and put it into words so that, you know, we can communicate that when it comes time for evaluating the stuff later. Absolutely. Know? So looking at, you know, we kind of talked about the, the big year plan, but um, planning day to day is, the next thing that we have to do to break this whole thing down, right? 
And that sometimes, like you said a little few months ago, I love it. You know, every day is manageable, right? Yes. You can do every day. But how do you plan in such a way that you make it manageable, that you don't have too much or too little or, you know, that it's, that it's just right for your kids, for you, and for getting it done? So one thing that's very important to note is for a lot of people, this takes time. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, it really was trial and error. And you keep what works and you disregard what does not. Um, not every family is the same. And so what these things are going to be for each family can be very, very different. Mm-hmm. So, for example, my teenager, he basically runs his own schedule and he's responsible for himself. So we have dialogue about how he's doing with that. I try not to over schedule too much written work. Right. But again, each child is different. And so mm-hmm. a lot of these things are definitely just seeing what works for you. But I like to do read alouds each day. Yeah. We like to get, well, I should say, I like for <laughs> us to get our workbooks done in the morning so that we can have our afternoon open for unit studies mm-hmm. and cooking and um just experiential hands learning. On. Yeah, hands-on yeah. learning stuff. That's kind of, you know, how we are, too. But you make a good point. Every kid is different. And so even in your household, I think your schedule and your lesson plans may look different for each kid sometimes. Um, I've had the kid that loved workbooks and consumed them. And the kid that was like, seriously, do you have to do another page? <laughs> you know, so you have... Different personalities, different learning styles, different things that, you know, attract your kids. So it's important to consider that when you're setting a schedule, when you're setting those lesson plans um, and putting it out there. So, you know, when we're talking about setting the schedule now, I mean, I think that we're kind of starting to cross the line from, okay, let's just talk about lesson plans and planning your homeschool into the uh, calendaring and scheduling of your life right because I think that that's often where people experience being really overwhelmed you know that you're you've got to get up and cook breakfast you've got to do dinner and then school got left out for the day and you know what happens when you have to run the dog to the vet because it ate you know the cat's toy I mean you know whatever is going on how do you manage a calendar and a schedule so that your day works for you um you know, well, in a lot of um, circumstances, I have learned that we're always learning. So mm-hmm. if we have an emergency or we need to go and help somebody or something just comes up, that's a great opportunity for us. Mm-hmm. I go with it because right. the value of what you may learn in that can be great. Right. And there's always time to either change your plan or um, make up work Um, on occasion. We'll do a little bit of work on the weekend or sometimes with our notebooking, we'll get a little bit behind and we'll I'll just make a snack or whatever on a Saturday afternoon and we'll just do the fun cutting and pasting part or whatever. Right. So So there are ways to work around it. There are ways to manage Mm -hmm. that. And I know um, that's, that's one way and we've definitely done a little bit of all of that in the past, but um I think one of the keys for me is having 
my life around me kind of organized already. Absolutely. In the sense that, you know, when we did a podcast on this a couple of, a couple of uh, issues ago, right? It was uh, homeschool prepping, I think is what it was called. But it was fun because what we talked about was having everything organized. I mean, at the beginning of your school year, having all of your supplies in place, having, you know, things set so you know where they are. For us, even in that conversation, we talked about getting a pantry that is stocked in your kitchen. Yes. And um, I know a big thing for me is, you know, when I'm going into this planning mode for my year, I start meal planning. And I have a bullet journal that has my meal plan in it, down to my shopping list that goes along with those menus, just so that when I go, it's easy for me. And I can have that set. And on my calendar... If I know that family's coming into town and, and we're having a potluck somewhere and I've got to take something, that's there already and I'm, I'm working with it. If it's a day I'm not going to be at the house at all, it's a crock pot meal. And, you know, if you've got a calendar working for you, that meal planning becomes a little bit easier. And, you know, so we know those things. And if that's something that you want to focus on, that our listeners want to focus on, uh, thinking about a little bit, I would suggest going back and listening to that podcast on homeschool prepping. I yes. think that one turned out pretty good. But um, also, I know that part of that is kind of having some routines. So, what do you have like routines that are in place? I do. Um, I'm a morning person, mm-hmm. so um, I struggle to stay awake at night. Um, so, in the morning, very early, I get up and I have my time. Um, and I try to think about what's coming up and what I can do to get us ready before my kids get up. Um, other people, they might be better off doing that in the evenings, but preparing things like your menu, like you mentioned, um, just even what you're going to need for that week of school or that day of school, um, is definitely helpful. Um, and just having, a practiced way to even get yourself ready for the day mm-hmm. and just you know make sure you take are taking care of yourself and and what your day is supposed to look like um can make all the difference really Yeah, those routines um you know they're in place I try not to have too many real structured routines because I'll fail if I don't follow them. <laughs> so, but right. there are what I call like, you know, for me, what I call kind of like my life routines. They're my lifestyle routines. And, uh, you know, some of those are, you know, we know which day we're going to go grocery shopping. And as much as we can avoid having to go to the grocery store every day or pick up things, uh, because that will just kind of make me crazy, you know. But as long as I kind of have my um, my flow and my groove, then I'm good. And as long as we can stay there, you know, we do pretty good. But having um, a lot at home already on hand helps tremendously, yes. I think, with all of that kind of stuff. I'd also like to say some of my routines are kind of floating routines. Mm-hmm. Like um, I like to get time <clears throat> to run errands alone and kind of treat myself to a Starbucks or something and just have quiet and time to think and grab things off the shelf yeah. as I go because I know something's coming up within the month or something. And um, that is not always something I can do, but when I can, I kind of float it into my schedule. Yeah, that's those moments when you can kind of be the only person that's talking to you. Yes, <laughs> I yes. know. I Sometimes value that greatly. It's, it's a valuable <laughs> moment there. 
So I think all of this is good stuff that, you know, we've been able to talk about a little bit today. But I know that one of the questions that some of the um, our listeners will really have is that all sounds good. Sounds flexible. It sounds like it's working around my life. It works better for me. But, you know, that personality that says, but what does that look like when you put your evaluations together? What if you didn't finish, you know, X number of chapters in this book or, you know, every module in that science curriculum? What does it look like and how do you get, you know, credit for that year and things like that? So I think we need to talk for just a minute about how how you and I look at this as far as like, you know, evaluating um, our portfolios and what we include in them. Um, you know, what elements are important. I know for me, um, even as far back as, you know, when I first started keeping a portfolio, it was important for me to include everything that I felt like was a strong learning element or component of our life. And, you know, one of those things was at that age, at the same time, um, my kids were involved in, in our church. They did Bible memory verses every week and to this you know they had a certain number they got in the year and if they memorized all those verses they would get a trophy and that was a big deal to them and but we were doing a lot of memorization work and then we went into bible drill during spring and again lots of memory work and the same thing with um, plays and productions that we've been in so i always wanted to document that this time that we were spending was valuable and important and so, um, you know, my evaluator at one point told me I've never seen anybody go into so much detail really about what their children are learning. But it's pretty incredible when you break it down. Absolutely. So I'm adamant about doing that. What's something that you're really adamant about when you do well, your evaluations? We, we keep a field trip log and we include all kinds of things on there. Not just what you would consider a regular field trip. But if we're on vacation, we may do 10 field trips in three days. Right. I keep on my field trip log great social opportunities that my kids have, or if they had a learning experience with their grandparents Mm -hmm. or served at an event, um, all of these kinds of things I track on our field trip log. So it isn't just a place and a date. It's it's a little bit more detailed, kind of like what we're talking about. Yeah. About what they're really learning. Um, and then on top of that, you know, along with that, there's included, of course, that, um, you know, pen and paper work that they did that's yes. in their portfolio that shows, yes, they've made their progress through language arts or through math or whatever those subjects are that we know are important for that season of, of their education. But, you know, don't, I think that with that, we're going to just say don't ever eliminate the extra things that you've done. Um, I love going back and looking at the portfolios where we did lap books that were neat or, um, you know, had experiential learning opportunities where we're looking at the pictures of that field trip. And it was, it was a great time, great memories, a lot of learning was happening. I find that also makes my shyer child more excited and willing to speak with the evaluator. Yeah. Because I have one kid who would literally hide in the corner. Mm -hmm. And so we're able to say, you know, here's your binder. You know, what do you want to tell, um, you know, whoever we're going to meet with uh, about what you've learned? Exactly. And then the other thing are art projects. Those are great to keep in your portfolio. Portfolio. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. So um, if we were going to hit back our main points today, uh, I would say one of them is to start out by setting your goals. Yes. Right? 
I think you said earlier, really evaluate what works for you. That is the key. Yeah, and if it doesn't work, don't keep it. Like Even if it works great for your friend next door, it's just not for you, move on. Yeah, and I think one of my big takeaways from this would be I want to encourage somebody um, not to be afraid to make a schedule that works around their life. Because Absolutely. there's so much that can be done to accomplish what you need to do. you know. And that's, to me, the great um, gift of homeschooling, the flexibility that we have to make that work. Well, Hannah, I want to say thank you. Thank you for being here today. Thank you oh, for joining you. me. I've enjoyed talking to you. Uh, all of our listeners, thank you for joining in. And if you need to get any more information or ideas on planning your homeschool year, be sure to check out FPEA on Pinterest. And you can also go to FPA.com for uh, great information and our guide to homeschooling in Florida. And that would be a place to get a lot of good uh, field trip ideas. Yes. And don't forget this one thing. FPEA is your Florida homeschool connection. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you've enjoyed our show and will join us next time for FPEA Connects. You can find us on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network at ultimateradioshow.com. For more information about FPEA, visit us at our website, fpea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. Until next time, stay connected.